The Lord himself is the light in the new Jerusalem, the kingdom of heaven. The river of life which flows in its midst provides the faithful all they need. A reading from the Revelation of John. In the spirit, the angel carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into the glory and the people will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You may remain seated for the psalm. Let us say Psalm 67 in unison. May God be merciful to us and The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. I remember one particular summer when I was a kid. 
I think I was probably eight or nine years old, and something in the weather pattern that year in Colorado, um, we had a rain shower, it seemed like, every afternoon. Um, I'm sure it wasn't, but in my memory it was every afternoon. You could watch at about 3.30, the clouds out by the mountains begin to stack up, and then about 4 o'clock it would start to rain, and sometimes it was just an absolute um, downpour. And my siblings and I, um, of course, we all back then had cut-off jeans, right, for shorts, and my mom had kept a bunch of um, long raincoats that the adults had grown out of or worn out or whatever, and we'd put on rain hats, and we would go outside and run in the rain and in the storm, and particularly we loved to run in the gutters with our bare feet, and the water would be coming down the gutter really fast, and you'd stick your foot in it, and of course it'd just get you completely soaking wet, and we thought it was great. The other moms on the block thought my mom was nuts for letting us go out and play in the storm, but at worst, it was just some wet clothes that had to go through the dryer, right? Whenever I hear this passage from Revelation, I think of that summer. Why, you ask? There's an image in there that talks about the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God down the middle of the street of the city, bright as crystal. If you've been watching the news, you know about the flooding in Tennessee. The Cumberland River is over its banks, right, and it's in the street of the city. Um, It's toxic. All of the stuff that has, you know, gotten into the river, you don't want to be in that water. Um, Very different image from the, the river flowing down the street of the city, bright as crystal. Also, if you've been watching the news, you've been watching this oil slick making its way toward um, the Louisiana coast. And you just, it's heart sickening to think of all of the fishermen who will be out of work. Think of all of the wildlife that will be affected, the wetlands, all of that happening. And here, the author of the book of Revelation gives us a picture of what life will be like at the end the river of the water of life flowing down the street of the city, bright as crystal. And I think of us as kids out there in our bare feet, standing in that water, letting it splash up over us. John didn't write it this way, but Revelation is the last book in our Bible, and this is the last chapter of that last book, so it closes out our Bible for us. Think about the beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, God created, right? Um, God was moving over the chaotic water, um, creates the world, and then sets humankind in a garden. And in that garden is a tree at the center of the garden, and from that garden flows a river, Um, and the tree produces fruit, the river, of course, clean water. And what do humankind do? They mess it up, get kicked out of the garden, and then we close with the city, not a garden, and in the center of the city, a throne, out from the throne flowing um, a river, and alongside the river, the tree of life, of the fruit of life growing, producing fruit every month, and then the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. What comes between those two stories is a long and troubled history. Um, It's the history of the nations. You've got, first of all, the Tower of Babel. God is worried that they're going to build a temple to the sky and, and scatters them so they speak different languages. You've got the sojourn in Egypt. You've got Babylon, Assyria, um, Judah, and Israel, the the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, all of that stuff happening between the two cities, the two pages. Many people imagined God restoring things and imagined a return to the garden. 
Isaiah has this vision of a return to the garden. The wolf and the lamb lie down together. Um, the lion and the, and the ox eat grass together, going back to the garden. But John says, no, we're not going back to the garden. It's going to be a city. Humankind will have its effect on God's creation. We will have our role in God's creation, building a city. You think about that oil slick making its way towards Louisiana. Um, we all have our share in that. We all drive our cars, right? And we need that oil um, for gasoline. Um, you think about the conflict of the nations. Um, we don't want to be buying our oil from, oil pec, from OPEC or Venezuela or whatever it is, so we drill our own oil. Um, all of that history gets involved in that. And John says, the day is coming when humankind, human history, will have its impact on creation, but in a good way. Everything will be there, all of the food that we need from those trees, and the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nation. In the Gospel, John talks about Jesus giving his last discourse to his disciples. They're worried that he's going to be gone. How will we know that you are with us? And he says, peace I give to you, my own peace I give, not as the world gives, but if you keep my commandment, love one another, we will come and dwell. The Father and I will come and dwell with you, and you will know that we are in your midst. Human community has its role to play. He says, the Spirit will remind you of everything I said. In our imagination, we will know Jesus. Um, Nathaniel and I have been asking you over the last several weeks to think of your favorite story of Jesus. Um, We've even asked some of you to write that down. We hope that you'll give us permission to publish those in the scroll. They've been wonderful stories. That's how human community is formed, is by the telling of stories. What is our story? We get to have our role in imagining God's future. Peace I give to you, he says. It's not just a return to the garden as if humankind was never there, but our imagination helps us see a different future. When I think about the Cumberland River and the, the, um, the oil slick and think about my childhood, it's not a return to innocence that, that the visionary is holding up for us. It's a return to being in harmony with God. I want for my grandkids that same experience of being able to put their feet in the gutter and watch the water splash up over. But it's going to have to be us imagining a different future. In just a few minutes when we take out the rocks for our, for our sins and for the confession of sins, we'll then put them in the bowl, pour clean water over them, sparkling, bright, pure water, water that we could drink because it comes from our tap which is a wonderful thing that even this person, the visionary, couldn't have imagined, and then be sprinkled with that water. Part of what we're offering to do is to imagine a different future. Imagine a future in which humankind and God live in harmony um, so that we're not messing things up, not getting kicked out of the garden, but not returning to the garden either, having our place in that. What does that look like? What are the stories that we tell? What future do we want to imagine? Think of that, a river flowing through the streets of the city, clean enough to drink. That's a city I want to live in, and we can imagine it and work toward it. Amen.